Cheers. Cheers. <laughs> and welcome to After Work Drinks. Yeah, um, I think we should probably explain what, what the hell this is. I'll put my glass down. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think we're going to make some changes to the format of the podcast. Yes. Um, because we are getting increasingly busy now that we're not just housebound for uh, for seven days a week. Uh, so we just need to find a way to sort of manage the manage the editing, manage, like the recording's one thing, but then mm. if we're sitting down, sitting down every Sunday night to watch a film and record and then record our thing after it, and then record the main podcast, watch TV for stuff, it's it's going to get too much. Yeah, and it's started over the last couple of weeks, hasn't it? Where we've been essentially. And it's, I suppose it's one of the really interesting things about doing a podcast is learning about what goes on behind the scenes. Mm. But essentially it's been like two days of fitting, editing and doing the show notes and getting all of the timings from the podcast and things like that together. And then there's times where we've had things planned mm. and we're like, oh, how are we going to record the podcast? We need to fit in around our lives. Yeah. And yeah. So, and that's starting to become more of a, more of a thing now that lockdown has lifted somewhat obviously we're still socially distancing we're still following all the guidelines but we are now able to leave the house after shielding for sort of 15 weeks wasn't it that we we did it for and just life is changing and um we're sure it is for you as well so we just wanted to have a little think so we sat down had a little bit of a brainstorm didn't we and thought about because we love the podcast so much. Mm. Um, we wanted to see how we could continue doing it, but in a way that was sustainable yeah. um, for us and for the podcast in general. So we had, like I say, we had a little, but we, I really want to like paint a picture of us, like with a whiteboard with like, go, like <laughs> properly like brainstorming all the different bits, but it wasn't really like that, was it? If anyone's seen uh, Silicon Valley, it wasn't like that. <laughs> Yeah, it was more like standing in the kitchen. It's a very specific tea. episode of uh, Silicon Valley. I'll tell you off air. Oh, You'll, thanks uh... <laughs> very much. Yeah, I was like, completely ignoring you on that one. That's per probably for the best. Yeah, but we, yeah, we just we cooked in the kitchen and went, "Should we do this?" And then went, "All right then." So yeah. there wasn't any great moment like in a film where we went, "Cha-ching!" Hmm. Sad times. So should we actually <laughs> get on to what's <laughs> the, what's not not just about how we decided on I stuff? Do, I like and... painting the picture. <laughs> So, <laughs> we are going to continue doing our little preamble and TV stuff and film stuff as part of the main show, as you would normally know. Date night, we're going to spin off. It's going to appear all in the same feed. You will not have to go anywhere for it. But date night might just appear later in the week, mm. if at all. If at all. So, we we may not be able to put things out every week. We've been putting it out every Monday. And, mm. like you say, life, life... I was about to say, life finds a way, but that's not the right quote. Life gets in the way. <laughs> life gets in the way. So, yeah. I think date night will just appear in your in your feeds with the the film just there we won't be sort of teeing up what the date night film will be mm. we will just decide between ourselves and we'll probably add, we'll have a bit at the beginning before we think yeah uh, yeah we'll still take it in turns to pick films for each other yeah or it might just be a film that new on sky or yeah. new on netflix or whatever yeah, yeah. so date night films <laughs> yeah that's gonna be one yeah. bit then tv the usual TV. Well, I think we'll probably try and get that one on a Monday. 
We'll try to. We'll, yeah. see, we'll see how we go. Might be a Tuesday sometimes, but that yeah, happens sometimes. Let's, let's, let's see, says the person <laughs> who does the editing. Well, well, that's the thing. I might be doing some editing as well. I think you might. So if it sounds really clunky and uh, <laughs> you hear some big things just to make Elaine agree with what I was saying. <laughs> yeah, like so, it's obvious in. cuts. <laughs> yes, Mark. Mark, you are wonderful. Thank you, Mark, for all that you do for us. Things like that. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You are my rock. <laughs> Just repeated over and over again. That's it. So that's the other one. Yeah. And then um, finally, it'll be one like this. Yeah, which I think we're just going to do every now and again when we see fit. Mm. Um, So we're just going to pick a few topics that have been in the news, probably around entertainment. I can't see us getting into... um... Can't see us getting into politics or anything like that. No, I think we, we best avoid that, knowing us. So, yeah. <laughs> we have enough arguments on that anyway. Yeah, I, know so, that's uh, what I was yeah. thinking. But calling it after work drinks because it will pro- that will probably be what we do when we uh, when we record it. Yeah, we'll just have a drink uh, and just pick some topics and just have a chat about them. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, nothing's going to change. Well, mm. things are going to change. That's a complete lie. Well, it's just going to be split into three, isn't it, really? Yeah. So if you want to listen to things us chatting about life in general and what's happening in TV and film mm. around that time, then After Work Drinks is your thing. If you want to listen to us review some TV, then the TV podcast will be there. And if you're a really big fan of Date Night and what <laughs> listening to me make Mark watching watch more and more... 90s films of uh or um i'm more happy with 90s films yeah i was just thinking actually the 90s films you weren't that bothered about it's more the jaws 3d type of thing isn't it that you're not that keen on but anyway if you like that sort of thing and you really like the arty classics that mark makes me watch then date night is for you Mm. and uh if you don't like any of those you don't have to listen to them so (laughs) it's actually really good you're gonna be able to pick what you like but yeah, you'll probably end up getting more... Oh, God, it's really one oh, good to say yeah, content. Oh, I know, I know, but, I know. Yeah. yeah. Um, but, but it just right. makes it easier for us to do that. And I think the idea of sort of this is that we do very minimal editing mm. on sort of after work drinks. It's just yeah. going to be us talking. Yeah. So what we've got to talk about? We're going to talk about Mulan because I've been wanting to talk to you about Mulan like all week. Things are changing in cinema, and you are really interested in this, actually. Sorry, I'm pointing at you in a really aggressive way, but yeah. this is the sort of thing that you love to have a chat to me about, usually when I'm not really listening, but now I'm really interested. So Mulan was meant to be... <laughs> Sorry, yeah, I'm just your laughing face. Because, I'm laughing because you never, ever listen to me when I start talking <laughs> about your industry stuff, and, oh, I think this is really interesting. But, yeah, I mean, I didn't even suggest this topic, so... Uh, <laughs> No, I've got, I've got, a, I've got a vehicle to make you watch films that you'll hate. Yeah. And now I've got a thing to talk at you about entertainment industry stuff. Just look at what the podcast has brought to our relationship. I don't care about our relationship. Take. It's just my joy. <laughs> but Mulan's so interesting, is it? Because you've got um, Nikki Carroll, who who's the director, who is the second female director of a Disney film. Okay, I, didn't, so I wasn't aware of that. That's really interesting, for, obviously, from my perspective. Mm. You've got um, an incredibly diverse cast. We are not whitewashing. Mm. So we're really, really looking at, at casting and making sure that casting is right. And it's just, it, I think it looks like a really interesting live action. And none of the other live actions have really uh, i've just not been bothered about them mm. i watched the lion king one i didn't know why it existed 
I know that didn't necessarily involve people. <laughs> just thinking that through. <laughs> yeah, it's not really live action. It's just differently animated. But yeah, I get that. Do you know what I mean? Like the remake. It's is what the globe I'm thinking. of life rather yeah. than the circle of life. <laughs> yeah, I've taught myself out of that argument. Yeah. But you know, when they've been remaking them, and I'm thinking, why they're rem- well, like Jungle Book as well. That's probably more a better, but still only like mostly animals. They turned Alice in Wonderland into a Lord of the Rings esque film. Mm. Yeah, no, um, I'm not a huge fan of them. At all. And I'm not really looking forward to Mulan. I mean, it's a big film, so I probably will see it at some point. Have you seen the trailer? Yeah. Yeah, I've seen it every week when I went to the cinema before lockdown. I thought it looked really beautiful and and innovative. And and yeah. Going back to a previous point in a previous podcast. Yeah. It's set in a time before electricity. And therefore, like, I don't hate all films, but they just don't interest me. So anything sort of historical to that extent just doesn't interest me. And yeah, I've seen Mulan. Yeah, we you watched it like was quite it recently, a, a couple of months ago. Or no, it was, was it, it was before lockdown. It, yeah, 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 absolutely before lockdown. I think yeah. it was middle of last year. It was when we just moved in here. Mm, okay. I understand that there's no talking dragon in this one. <laughs> that's a shame. Yeah. What but- a spoiler. I don't think that's a spoiler. <laughs> I was looking forward to the talking dragon. Well, now you, yeah. So the big thing yes. is the whole idea of it now going on Disney+. Plus Because the cinemas were really excited about it. It was going to bring people back to the cinema, a bit like Tenant. It was their little temple film. Mm. I learned that phrase recently because people keep using it in all the podcasts. <laughs> I thought, I've just got to get that in there. So with their little temple, everyone, a family film, everyone was going to come back to the cinema for this. And now Disney have said it's going to be... On, and let me get this right because there's a bit of confusion with it. It's going to be on Disney Plus. Yes. But you have to be signed up to Disney Plus and then you pay a premium. Oh, I didn't realise you had to be signed up to it. Yes, you can't just. And I, I looked this up earlier to make sure I got it, it right. You can't just be someone who goes and pays the $29.99. You've got to be signed up. And then you are a premier member. And then you get to watch it as many times as you like. And I think the idea is, once you are signed up and you're this premier member, you're then able to pay for the other films that they are going to put on there, inevitably, aren't they? I mean, Black Widow is going to get put on there, isn't it? So is this a one-time cost? Okay, so let me get this right. I I thought this was just like, I, I didn't quite appreciate this, which maybe I should have checked before we started this. There is a, this is a second tier of Disney yes. Plus. They're and it's it a premiere. And it's a one time fee. Yes. And it's 30 quid. Yes. And then you get to watch Mulan. But you will also be in this tier whereby you can also watch stuff that comes later down the But online. I think you still have to pay for those films coming in. That's my understanding. Another but 30 I, pounds. Yeah. Yeah. So, <sighs> yeah, you're in the tier, but you're just. You're there for Mulan, and then you're there for something else, and then you know. Do you know what I mean? You're so, not paying a one-off right, thing so, to be in the okay, premiere. right? So you're purchasing it within yeah, Disney Plus, within essentially. Disney Plus. And I think a lot of people were thinking, "Oh well, I'll pay this thirty. Well, it's twenty-three quid on the mm. conversion. I'll pay this money, and I'll see this film in Disney Plus, and I don't necessarily have to take out a subscription. But of course, what's the point in that for Disney? Just thinking about it from a business perspective, sign up. And pay you five ninety nine. Is it five ninety nine a month? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, five ninety. If you're in the UK, five ninety nine a month, and then you get the opportunity to see these films as well if you pay for the privilege of doing so. 
And my question was going to be, are you going to pay on top of our Disney Plus to see this film? Right. Okay. Can I set out my thing on films bypassing the cinemas in the first place? Mm. So I think I think we are extremely lucky in where we live, that we live in a metropolitan area and we have, I think I've counted six multiplexes within a 25-minute drive. We've got a community cinema that's um, really nice, just sort of next town along in Whitley Bay. Mm. We've got, within 10 minutes walk of both our offices, we've got one of the premier independent cinemas in the country which shows largely uh, films not only English language and independent um, a lot of British films if there is a film that we want to see we're not going to have a trouble seeing it that is not the case for everyone even when I lived in Hull which is you know a, a, de- a good sized city the same size city as Newcastle a few years back I couldn't go and see No Country for Old Men because it just didn't play in Hull um, and I had to go on a train to York an hour down the road to um, to go and see it. Once, uh, a film that we both love, didn't show in Hull at all. So I had to wait six months for it to come out on DVD just to even watch it. So I think pe- giving people access to films is a good thing. Mm. This is a cash grab, isn't it? Yeah. And so I think the power dynamic has clearly changed between, I think, between cinemas and filmmakers. And it, certainly 10 years ago, that wasn't the case. But now one needs the other far more than the other needs. Yeah. Cinemas are far less and less <laughs> essential to the filmmakers to get these songs out there because they can just put them on their own uh, services. We've seen, by all accounts, with Trolled World Tour. That did really well for Universal and led to a little bit of a fight between Universal and Odeon. Oh, did it? I didn't know well, that. Odeon's um, owning company, AMC, um, had a big row with Universal and at one point threatened to stop showing any films. if Because Universal said, well, we're just going to carry on putting them on premium rental. And I think they've come to some compromise where it can be... It used to be three months before they could sell it, and now that's gone down to, I think, 17 days. But they're only going to release it after 17 days if it's a flop. They're not, if someone's bringing in stuff at the cinemas, they're going to keep on getting the money. Disney needs to be really, really careful with this because I think you can. I think they have marketed um, Disney Plus well, mm. but there's a lot of upfront stuff that a lot of people have watched now, and I don't see stuff coming. There was Hamilton, and then the next thing I think that I've seen is the the film with a gorilla and a dog I this knew weekend. You were gonna mention that? Which, I just knew you were gonna bring that up. Which I don't think is gonna sell any new subscriptions. I mean, it it, it keeps it for you. Mm. Can you yeah. imagine if it was coming to an end and you said to me, Elaine, can we keep the subscription on? Because uh, you see picked this. Robin Hood for this week. Yeah, they have done you a favour. Mm. Um. So what you're essentially doing is saying, well, thanks for your six quid, but to get the really good stuff, you need to go higher and higher. Mm. And the, the streaming world is, I mean, we've mentioned it so many times, it's mm. so competitive. People are getting to that saturation point. And especially in America as well, I think they've just launched HBO Max, which is a new one from HBO. I think NBC have launched Peacock. Is that yeah, something? Yeah, I heard of that. So people are just going to pick and choose. And if you are saying to someone, well, it's just not a premium product. Like, you need to pay even more just to get the premium, premium product. Plus, how long till Mulan actually goes on the free, the, the lesser tier? It's probably, like, Frozen 2, they put out in three months. 
certainly in America, I don't know. No, I think no, it was three months here. I think it was, I don't know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> they put out really quickly. Yeah, there's going to be... They, I think it's going to put people off their Disney Plus. I'm not paying 30 quid for it. I did wonder. I wondered whether, because you, I know your love of cinema at the moment sort of surpasses mine mm. and you really want to go and you really want to see the films and you're watching some really weird black and white thing at the moment. And It's one of the most successful films of all time. I've never heard of it. <laughs> the, best it year, looked... the best years of our lives. It's won multiple Oscars. One of the most successful films of all time. I just did uh, for inflation on box office. It looked weird. That's all I'm well, saying. Well, he did watch all of two minutes of it. <laughs> yeah, I came down and I was like, what is this? Can we put something else on? Mm. <sighs> but yeah, I am really in two minds about this because there's part of me that thinks... Like, knowing how difficult it was to go to the cinema when, uh, for example, our son was on medical oxygen, for example, or when, you know, we have accessibility issues now. So knowing how difficult it is to access things, I really love the idea that you can sit in your living room and watch um, the latest film. Yeah. But having said that, the money that you're having to pay out for that privilege... Mm will not be possible for a number of people. Mm. And I think we're in a really, and we use the privilege word again, we're in a really privileged situation that we can even consider to go, oh, we're paying five ninety nine a month for a Disney person. Do you think we'll pay 23 quid for, you know, the fact I'm even yeah. asking you that question just shows that we're in a really, you know, it, we are in a really privileged position. And there are a lot of people out there that aren't. Would you actually pay 23 quid if you were going to the cinema, especially if you went on a day where you had concessions? Mm. So there are ways of going to the cinema that doesn't, Cost twenty three pound. The current, I mean, the Odeon down the road is only a fiver. Mm. Any time of day, it might be a little bit more, like on the evening. But mm. yeah, it's it's not expensive, like mm. for one ticket. But I think the thing is, you bring the kids; they want popcorn, they yeah. want a gallon of uh, diet coke. That... I think this is what someone had said because I was listening to, I think it was a film program, BBC's um, mm. program about films. Weirdly, that's mm. what it's called. Yeah, and. They were saying the same thing as it's actually, it's the price of, the average price of going to the cinema, but it still doesn't quite wash with me. I think there's another side of things here, that if this carries on, and not just necessarily the Disney model, but the people having an alternative to watch it at home, some cinemas are going to go to the wall. And I don't want to see anyone lose their jobs. But there's a lot of cinemas who don't really care about anything once you pass the sweet stand. Um, how many times have we been to like a multiplex and there's been people talking, people playing on the phones, yeah. just people messing about. Yeah, it's like running in and out of the screen. Yeah, yeah, just being idiots. And I think there will still be there will still be a, a, a market for cinemas and there'll still be a market for seeing, uh, no matter how good TVs are at home, there will still be a market for seeing blockbusters on a big screen projected. And that might become a premium experience. But there is going to be always room for well-run cinemas. I mean, the one that we go to, I think, is all right. Mm. Um, I've had bad experiences there, but there is some really nice seats there. And to be honest, I've found myself recently going for screenings which are less busy, Mm. even before COVID, because I didn't want to be disturbed when I was watching but then I went to see I went to see Parasite, and that was a film where massive hype, but didn't show in any of the bo- uh, the multiplexes around near us. So I had to go to the Tyneside, which mm. the independent cinema, and it was first night. 
absolutely packed out. Like, you, I, I had people all around me. And I know you've not seen it, so I'm not going to spoil anything. No. <laughs> I've managed to get yeah. this far without knowing anything about Parasite. But there is a moment where the mood turns. Spoiler. I don't think that's a spoiler. <laughs> and you heard the gasp of everyone in the cinema. And I thought, this is, this is what cinema is about. So... If there's a well-run cinema, I think it will succeed. Because I think there's enough people to keep it going. And frankly, if the dickheads that play with the phone and things like that are able to stay at home and watch it rather than spoil my experience, I'm kind of fine with that. And on that note, (laughs) should we talk about the small screen? Because I'd really like to talk about The Crown. I mean, I'm not going to say much in this because I've never seen a second of The Crown. (laughs) But I think you might have an interesting take on the casting, which is what's come out this week. Yes. Um, and actually a few weeks beforehand as well. So this has been an ongoing thing. But it's the, the new cast for the final two seasons okay. have been announced. And now the most recent one is Princess Diana, which is always going to be controversial, isn't it? So Princess Diana at the moment is played by a relatively unknown actress called Emma Corrin. Okay. I think she's she might have turned up in Series 3. I know Camilla turned up in Series 3, um, young Camilla, but I don't know if Diana did. I just can't remember. I don't remember very much about Series 3, to be honest with you. I felt it was a little bit of a step down from the first two series. I think I said that to you at the time. that I was so excited about it coming out. It's a big Netflix drama. I've absolutely loved Series 1, Series 2. I think it's an absolutely beautiful piece of of drama but series three for me apart from some big highs and big um episodes that were um very that were heartbreaking yeah um and just felt it was a little bit uneven so you've got emma corrin coming in and then as time moves on for the final series it's going to be elizabeth debicki yes who plays princess diana in the final two series do you know who she is yeah, oh yeah, yeah. So I, a week ago, I, prob- I, I would have known, but I wouldn't have been able to recall anything. I think I've looked her up recently for reasons I'll go into. But so she was in The Great Gatsby, like yes. in a small part. Yeah, but it was a bit of a breakout at the time. People said that she was one of the best things in that film. Okay. And I do remember her. I think she was, she was really interesting. And she's in Guardians of the Galaxy Volume 2. Now, I read that earlier and I can't remember what she is in so it. So she is like a robotic... Um, oh, she very, is. Yeah. yeah, she's like, oh, was that, you've just done a thing with your hand where you've like almost like painted your face. Yes, painted is my she, face. She, yeah. Is she like um, like silver colour or something yes, like that? Yes, she is. Yeah. yeah. Silver or blue colour's not my yeah. thing, is yeah, it? No. Yeah, no. Uh, Mark's colourblind, everyone. <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, she's, she's in that and uh, she's the always... The Field Incident. Oh, was she in that one? Yeah, that was awful. Okay, that was awful. Let's not talk about that anymore. But mm-hmm. this weekend, I have just seen Widows. Oh. Where she is one of the main leads. What's happening here? Mark's phone's just gone off, everyone. So apparently I've Googled, let's not talk about that anymore this week. <laughs> wow. Wow, that's uh, that's interesting. <laughs> so she's in Widows. So she's in Widows. And when I saw, I'd literally finished this and then saw this announced like minutes later. And oh my God, did I not realise just how perfect a casting that would be until I realised it. Yeah. I mean, she is... When I was watching her in Widows, I was looking up if she had a previous career as a model because she has those looks. She's Mm. tall, she's stunning, Mm. and she's a really, really good actress. Yes. 
um, yeah. which I never really sort of realised, but she she's one of the best things in Widows. Yeah. An absolute standout, and I'm really looking forward to I'm tempted with... This and the other casting choice, I'm tempted to smash the next three seasons of The Crown. I'd love you to watch it because I'd really, really like like value your opinion on it. And I, I, you like you love talking to me about like historical events that are set at a time after electricity has been invented. So <laughs> this all is in that era, in that era, Mark. So you love it, you love it, and it's got all like it goes through all the prime ministers, which I find really interesting because you know I don't really know much about that. So sort of, mm. you know, sort of the fifties and the sixties and major events. Uh, looking at major events through the eyes of the royalty. Of, of royalty so yeah I, I really it's it's a it's a really really good show it has won so many awards I can't sort of say m- enough about it I think she's brilliant I think she's got the most beautiful bone structure I think she moves in a really refined way I think she'll make an absolutely brilliant princess Diana and I think it won't be a takeoff I think it'll be a very respectful dramatic performance absolutely the the other um, casting choice, which I thought was really interesting, is uh, Prince Philip, yes. the the elder Prince Philip, um, and that's going to be Jonathan Price. That's a weird one, isn't it? Yeah, I'm not sure about this. I don't look at him and see Prince Philip. No, neither do I. Whereas I do look at Tobias Menzies and I can oh, see the face. He's so good, he's so good. You know Tobias Menzies, who's is playing him at the moment. Um, he wasn't the first choice of casting. He wasn't cast. Okay. Um, he was a late addition. Do you know who it was going to be? It, it was actually in the... He was ready, he was cast, he was ready to go, and then something happened. No, who? It was Paul Bettany. That doesn't sit right with me. No. And I just wonder, the last series... So you had Charles Dance as Mountbatten. You yeah. had Helena Bonham Carter as Princess Margaret. And I just felt maybe they were going for some classical old actors and actresses that we knew, the people that turn up in everything. Yes. And I don't think that particularly works very well for The Crown. I think it works better when you've got character actors or actors that we don't necessarily know who aren't doing, like, I said take-off, I said, they're not doing that. Tobias Menzies is perfect. You don't know him that well. Mm. They've obviously done a little bit of makeup on him just to sort of change the features slightly. But he is so good as Prince Philip. You can really imagine him as a midlife Prince Philip. And he he, he really... Because he, he comes across like slightly curmudgeonly in, in, the, in the show. Yeah. And, but he really fills him with... You know, you understand why and... You see more of him. He's more three-dimensional. And I think Tobias Menzies is a major part of that. He is one of the reasons why I liked Series series 3 or liked it, you know, maybe more than I would have done if he hadn't been in it. So Jonathan Price, I think... I just... I look, whenever I think of Jonathan Price, I think of him in that Bond film. The Media Mogul. Is it, Which one is he in? Uh, is it Tomorrow, Tomorrow Never, Never Dies? Dies. Yeah. 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 <laughs> so I, I know him from Tomorrow Never... I know he's in everything. But I don't think of him in Evita. I think of him in Tomorrow Never Dies. Yep. With glasses standing in front of like a hundred televisions. Essentially playing Steve Jobs. Yeah, but at the time, wasn't he more like Rupert Murdoch? Well, yeah, yeah. But I mean, he was playing Steve Jobs. If you look back at it, yeah, you look at what he looks like. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think of him in Brazil. Oh, yeah. Have you ever seen Brazil? I know of it. And I know what you're pointing to. And I think of him, and I might be wrong about this, so 
Is he is he Jack in Jumping Jack Flash? Oh, you're asking the wrong person. I don't know. Have you seen Jumping Jack Flash? Mm, yeah, but a very long time. Are we talking about Whoopi Goldberg Jumping Jack Flash? Yeah. A very long time ago, because that involves computers as well, doesn't it? I imagine I'm thinking about it sitting in front of a computer screen. Oh, that, all I really remember about that film is her trying to track down either someone trying to track down her or her trying to track down someone. Yes. And, and she has to talk to someone through a computer. By playing tunes. So, like, they play Help Me Ronda, then Downtown to direct them downtown. Then, I don't know, I can't, they're the only two I can think of. Maybe, like, Across 110th Street by Bobby Wormack or something like that. It doesn't ring any bells with me. Okay. <laughs> but, yeah, Jonathan Price. I mean, he's just been in, like, The Two Popes, hasn't he? And he's, you know, he's, he's a, a fa- fantastic actor. Let's see what he does with it. Did very well in Game of Thrones. Yes, of course, yes. And then you've got, um, and it, this was announced ages ago, but you've got Leslie Manville coming in as the elder Princess Margaret. I think she's going to have a whale of a time yeah. with the Princess Margaret uh, character. And as it is it Imelda Staunton? And Imelda Staunton is taking over from Olivia Colman as the Queen. Okay. Which, it's fine. The, the Queen is not the main part of this show in, okay. my, in my view the queen of in this show is a bit like she is in real life in that she is the figurehead that everyone swirls around but the more interesting characters in my view are the people like the prince philips prince charles you know the, all of the all of the the other royals so yeah i've got a question which oh, no. is, is prince andrew in this no, he's like a, he's a child. Okay. At this, yeah, the, I'm sure he's been played by like a five year old or something like that. But at the point that we're looking at, Charles is like at university or something like that, or he's been he's just about to take on the role of Prince of Wales, okay. and he's been schooled in Welsh. Right. So it, we're not at that that time. Right. Fair enough. Yeah. Okay, that makes sense. Yeah, and I don't know if, from what I understand, they're not going to follow his storyline mm. through it's going to be more of the charles and diana camilla storyline but again the best thing about the crown for me is it's not a soap opera you are every every episode is looking at a particular event on a particular experience so you just get a flash up at the beginning to say what year it is and then you concentrate on a thing rather than oh episode one they're having a party episode two the fallout from the party do you know what i mean and yeah. time moves on in between the episodes imagine so i'm imagining it looks like Mad Men in that fashion where like relationships change in between episodes yes. and you are just kind of the first five minutes of each episode is kind of working out where we're at and yes. then and seeing what what happens around them as yes. as much as what's happening on screen. That's exactly it. Yeah. So, And I think that's why I like it so much because it doesn't, it's not salacious. Mm. It's not digging into the things or, oh yeah, we'll do this because this is going to get us loads of like viewers. And obviously the Charles and Diana story is going to be of interest to people. Of course it is. But I, I, I'm not sure that they're going to, it's not going to take over the whole of the final two series is, my, is what I think, you know, my opinion, having seen the rest of the series. I want to know who's playing Paul Burrell. I'll let you get away with that one. That's your one joke about the royals on this podcast. I think that's quite tough. I think that is, yes, I know. Yeah, I'm not sure he's going to be popping up. I'd love to see him in the background. Like, 
Yeah, see, it's not that. That's what I mean. It's not that sort of show. If it was a, sorry, Channel 5. If it was a Channel 5 royal, you know, royal love or whatever they call them, because they're always doing one, aren't they? They did one on Harry and Meghan recently. Yeah. If it was that, of course you would. You'd have some some character actor playing those people who we know popping up in the background and it would be a point and, oh yeah, there they are. This isn't that sort of show and I think that's why I love it so much. Rory Kinnear would make a good Paul Burrell. Okay. He would? Yeah, he would. He would. Yeah. You are right. Annoyingly, you're really right. <laughs> anyway, that was all I wanted to say about The Crown. Okay. Well, look, I will, I will watch a couple of episodes and... I will let you know. Maybe on maybe on the main show. <laughs> the main show. Right, okay, so um, we'll leave it at that, I think. Thanks for joining us. My drink's empty. Yeah, your drink is empty. Um, thanks for joining us. because you hold the us. microphone, that's the problem. It is true, it is true. And I'm, I'm a very slow drinker. Um, also, I'm also on Diet Coke, so, yes, you know. Yes, that's... Uh... I don't think I want to down that in one, thanks very much. Mm. Um, yeah, so thanks everyone for joining us on this first After Work Drinks. Oh, and if you haven't already, now is the perfect time to hit subscribe so that you don't miss any of the podcasts as they come out, because they're going to be coming out randomly rather than on a Monday, like Mark said. And as always, thank you everybody for listening to the show. We really do appreciate it and we love all the messages that we get. If you do like the show, please consider sharing, liking and telling your friends about us. It really does help us grow the podcast and keep it keep it moving forward. Thanks very much, everyone.